Well, Flip, a lot has changed since last we spoke. Of course, the most notable thing, the Yankees fell to the Red Sox in the American League wildcard game. We'll get to that. We'll also kick around our predictions for the offseason, what the Yankees will do coming up in the next few months. But before we do that, let's give a little peek behind the curtain or a peek behind the curtain call. Come on. What have you been up to, Flip, since last Tuesday? And the reason why I ask is because all my friends and family just assume Yes, shuts down after the Yankee season. I've never been busier. What have you been up to? Nothing, really. You're such a liar. There's so much going on. (laughs) Like what? What's going on? Well, I'm gearing up for a Brooklyn Nets season, which is going to be one of the most exciting seasons in a long time. But you have a responsible job. I I do. We just launched Yes, Pick and Play for the Brooklyn Nets. So right now. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, right now. While you're listening to this, go open the Yes app. Hit the play tab on the bottom. You'll go to Yes, Pick and Play for the Brooklyn Nets. For first game opening night against the Bucks, you could win up to $10,000. We're going to be doing this every single Nets game this season. That's one thing. We're creating new social graphics all for the Brooklyn Nets. Everything's going to look brand new. New marketing campaigns, new branding campaigns. We're writing stories. We're looking ahead to next baseball season. I know you're busy. You have Yankees hot stove coming up. We're busy. We're busy over here. Sounds like it. I got my feet up. <laughs> I'm not doing very much at all. I'm just kind of sitting here, just oh. kind of relaxing, you know, watching my life go by. You know, you know, it's been interesting. It's interesting time in my life. I'm, you know, no, of course not. Of course I work. Of course we all work. This is people who think that we don't do anything. We shut down. No, the basketball, you know, is it gears up for us, and we have all these. You know, baseball is a year round. It's a year round endeavor. Year round enterprise. Yes, it is. And, you know, we gear up for our off-season shows that we do, and we start planning for what we're going to do next year. You know, have meetings with uh, all the different groups that comprise our production unit. And uh, we talk about, to have an open forum as to what we did really well and what we, do, we did less well and we could do better, and et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of, a lot of brainstorming that goes on. There's a lot of meetings that go on. You know, there's a lot of energy that uh, is, 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 goes around and around. Uh, John Lindner, who's our, our CEO, makes sure that everybody does their job and he does a good job, but his job is to make sure everybody else does their job. So he does a good job at that. And then we all respect him. So that makes life a little easier for us. But the truth of the matter is we all have to work hard and, uh, and uh, we have to know our stuff. And that comes from year round. It's even year round. It comes from lifelong. Those of us who are doing this, many of us are doing this our whole lives. So it's a lifelong experience as opposed to a year-round experience. It's a lifelong experience. So that's what makes it so intriguing and so much fun. But obviously, we do a lot. of just teasing. We don't do anything. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you've never been busy, Kevin, and that's quite sad, actually. But, but I really see that you're very busy in your unit as well. Yeah, we're, we're very busy. Um, I just thought, thank you for that explanation. I thought it was important. If you remember, years ago, we started Curtain Call because the whole idea was let's give a peek behind the curtain. Um. And, you know, when the Yankee season ends and my friends are like, hey, let's start going out. <laughs> Sorry, it's not going to happen. We're busy over here. Kev, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a different kind of busy. It just is. You go from the intensity of the, of the, of the, of the season and the end, of the, the end of the season, the way every game was like a playoff game for the Yankees. And you go that all of a sudden it's over. It stops. The games are done. And it's, it's natural. It's like stopping short on a bicycle or a car. You slam on the brakes. You stop short of the finish line. You go, whoa, we didn't get a chance to finish. And no, left with a lot of paperwork and things like that. No, we, we left with a lot of work, but the reality is we have to plan for next season and we have to plan for the, some, some cases, the seasons beyond, at least put some effort into that as well. So it does take a lot of thought, it does take a lot of effort, and it does think you have to always be looking in the future. You always have to look ahead because if you don't look ahead, you're going to be behind. You don't want to look behind. You'll see who's gaining on you, right? As Brent Fricky said, you don't want that, but you always want to be looking ahead. 
And the only way to do that is to, is to you know, make sure you've got people around you who know what they're doing and are passionate about it. It's going to come up in the normal course of conversation. Well, Branch Rick, you would not like me because I would like to look behind a little bit before we move forward and talk a little bit about Yankees Red Sox. And I don't want to do it too much because it's been dissected every which way from Tuesday by this point, but just real high level flip. What went wrong? How come the Yan- Yankees left Fenway losers 6-2? What went wrong for them? Yeah, what, what, what happened? They couldn't play catch they, I mean, they, they didn't have once, – once Cole was having his issues in the, in, the, in the beginning of the game where he couldn't locate his pitches, and there were a lot of, were a lot of theories out there to exactly why. But he was having trouble. He couldn't locate his pitches. Once he gave up the homers, I mean, there was, there was, it was clear that he didn't have his stuff. He just didn't have his stuff. When he has his stuff, he gets so many pitches that swung on a miss. Swing and miss is incredible. It's great ratio. And here it was, much, it was much higher than it usually is. So it wasn't swinging hard. Um, Yankees, are quite candidly, they just didn't play well enough. Every time they got close, the Red Sox pulled away. The Yankees had issues on the bases as well. I mean, the play, the play where Aaron Judge was thrown out uh, by an incredible rebound. I mean, there was an incredible, incredible play uh, by Bogarts. who was very, very heads up, very smart. I mean, he and Correa were constantly were communicating on that play as it unfolded. You could see them on the replays of what they were talking. And, you, I mean, you need help. It's, it's kind of a collaboration play, if you will. But uh, they, they were right on top of it. And, the, you know, and, and uh, you know, he was sent home and you know, Phil Nevin sent him home. And it was one of those choices, unfortunately, that comes back to lose and then abstract. And it comes back to hurt you. It really does. Speaking of Phil Nevin, breaking news here. A report it hasn't been official yet, but the report is Phil Nevin is now out as third base coach, his contract will not be renewed. Does that surprise you at all, Flip? No. No, I mean, he's had, he had a number of situations where people were thrown out the plate. And that's a very, let's preface this. That's the, one of the hardest jobs in baseball. And, you know, if you do it really well, people don't notice it. And if you make a mistake, people are all over you. So, you know, Phil made some mistakes. Phil's a great baseball man, by the way, a really great, and a good guy. And uh, it was unfortunate, but, you know, those things... At the end of the day, somebody has to answer for Santino, as they said in the Godfather, right? Somebody has to, somebody has to <laughs> take it on chin. That's the way it is. It's life like that. But he's a good guy and, and a good coach. It's just that, you know, he did, did, did some of the plays this year were, you know, debatable, sending somebody or not. He said a lot, he said a lot of them turned out to be right, by the way. Not everyone was wrong. So, but he had a high percentage of play guys being thrown out, and that doesn't sit well for the third base coach. Well, I could tell you how many that is. He had 22 guys thrown out at home plate this season, during the regular season, I should say. That's tied for the most in baseball with Kansas City. So um, that just supports your argument right there. He did have a lot of uh, guys thrown out at the plate. Speaking or going back to the Red Sox, of course, they beat the Yankees, then went on to beat the Rays. How surprised were you that they beat the Rays? Uh, I should not have been, but I was. Because I just saw the Rays as a better team. I mean, you win 100 games, over 100 games, you play the way the Rays did. You know, and the Rays are similarly constructed in that they have very active GM and they have very active manager. And when you have those components, they're not going to sit still. They're constantly looking at the other one's turf to see you know, how it's going to all play out, how it's going to meld or not meld. And uh, But the reality is that they played very well together, the Red Sox, with their GM and their, their, their uh, you know, the manager handled everything very well. I mean, Corey is one of the best managers in the game. He just is. And if you have any doubt, just watch the Red Sox play day in and day out and see how consistent they are. That's a tribute to, to uh, Cora. He's a really good baseball person. I'm glad you brought up Alex Cora because I think, like you, a ton of credit goes to him. And I want to ask, this is totally hypothetical. Let's say the Yankees go, or the Red Sox go on and win the World Series this year. And then they go and win another one at some point in the next couple of years. That's three titles for Alex Cora. But my question really is to you, Flip, 
Will they let him in the Hall of Fame, given his transgressions with the sign stealing? Well, we, we could take that 20 steps further. I mean, are they going to let Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Alex Rodriguez into the Hall of Fame? The answer is someday they will. I mean, I believe that they will, because uh, as you get a new generation or uh, newer generations of voters, these these transgressions uh, against the game or whatever will seem further or they're further off in the distance. They're not in the immediate and people pay their dues and say they're sorry and life goes on. It's when you don't say you're sorry, when you get arrogant in your stance that you did nothing wrong and everybody else is wrong, but you're right. That's when the problem occurs. If Pete Rose had ever said, I'm, I'm sorry, and I did it. I, I ask your forgiveness. People make mistakes. I made a mistake. I think my gut is he would have been in the Hall of Fame the next year. Or he would have been on the ballot the next year, whatever. But uh, the reality is he certainly would have been in the Hall of Fame by now. But because he denied it and said it never took place no matter what happened, no matter how much evidence they had, he, he was in denial over it. That's the fact that they've kept him out. So I just use his as an example. I mean, if this, if this becomes a critical question down the road and and and, and courses, uh, there's no way. I mean, I, I don't know how to do it, blah, blah, blah. And the general public is not going to believe that. And they're, they're not, there could be a problem there. The voters wouldn't believe it. The writers who will vote wouldn't believe it. So I would tell that that could be a problem. But that's, look, that's, that's going to be years down the road. He's got a couple of World Series to win between then and now for him to cement his place at Cooperstown. Yeah, I just think it's a fascinating story. And it's, it's decades away, like you said. Um, and the argument for it is he, he did his time. So he, he did the crime, did his time. He's, he's back in baseball, though. The argument against him is that crime or that punishment wasn't anywhere near what it should have been. A lot of people think. Yeah, but, but uh, let me ask you, let me ask you in the context of that. Let me ask you this. How is that his fault? Not his fault. Right. I mean, someone who's meting out the, meting out the punishment. Um, that's the punishment they decided they thought was fair. And he met with the requirement of what was deemed fair. So that's not on his plate to say, or his position to say, oh no, I think that was ridiculous unfair. They should have thrown the book at me. Well, maybe they should have, but they didn't. So he served the time that he was told to serve and he's back in the good graces of the baseball community and he's doing his job splendidly. You know, he's one of the, the best managers in the game. There is, there, there's no doubt about that. I mean, this team was looked at, the Red Sox were looked at in spring training as a team that would look maybe fourth place. The Yankees were deemed better. The Rays were deemed better. Um, the uh, who am I missing here? The race, the Jays, the Jays, no, <laughs> yeah. right, the, <laughs> the Jays being better, and then came came the Red Sox in what was considered a rebuilding year, a, a massive rebuilding year for them. And what did they do? They found themselves in an LCS. So, yeah, it's so unbelievable. unbelievable. It is it's unbelievable. unbelievable. You can't, you cannot argue Cora's baseball IQ, and he has this intangible that endears him to his team that just motivates his team, which is amazing to me. Yes. Um, this is and, a kryptonite situation, though. Listen, you just used to the Red Sox. If you're a Yankee fan or Yankee person, it's kryptonite because oh, it's, uh, you it hurts. For? You root for the Astros, that's for sure. Obviously, you can't root for the Red Sox. That's not in anyone's DNA. So, you know, it's a, it's a kryptonite series. What are you going to do? That's a great question. Okay. I think you watch the National League series then. Feet to the fire. Yes. I the- like to do this to you. Of you course. Have, who are you rooting for? You have to root for one or the other. The Astros or the Red oh, Sox? No, I don't. I have have to. To. I'm a Yankee person. I'm not rooting for this people. Um, <laughs> I can't root for any of them. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll watch. Uh, I go home and I'll watch uh, Netflix. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm, no, I can't. Um, I, I, let me just say this. I will watch it because I'm a baseball person, which I truly am. I love the game. And I followed it since I was a little kid. And it's um, one of the great passions of my life. So I obviously will watch it. In terms of having a rooting interest, I'll root for some people because there are players on each side that I like, that I know 
and that I like, you know, and I like them as people. And, uh, you know, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit there and root for the one laundry over another laundry because it's just, it's too much for me. It's too much. What happened with Houston obviously is not forgivable. And what happened with the Red Sox all these years, just being the Red Sox was annoying enough for me today. I'm sorry. I can't. So I'm, I'm going to take the, I'm going to pass it on the kryptonite thing. I'm just going to watch it as a baseball Aww. person and enjoy it. And for baseball, you said to me, what team do, do I think is going to win? I'll give you that answer. But what team yeah. are rooting for? I'm rooting for neither. I hope it ends it like a, hope they both lose. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you for your prediction in a minute, but let's bring in producer Dan Bassone real quick. Producer Dan Bassone, Red Sox or Astros? You have one to pick. Uh, I'm picking, uh, I'm picking the Astros. You can never pick the Red Sox. It's just in your DNA. You can't just, in, just in my DNA. can't do it. Even though we have gone up against the Astros, the Yankees the past couple of years, I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to go with the Astros. And I think they're, I think they're the better team in the end. Good point, Flip. I, I, I think the, the Astros probably have the best offense in baseball. The good news for Red Sox fans is Red Sox are coming in really hot. So who do you have? Winning. Prediction time. Who do I have? Winning. Yeah. Uh, I think Houston beats them in six. Yeah. Agreed. I have Astros in five, actually. I just don't think the, uh, the Sox pitching can beat that lineup uh i don't either but uh who'd you pick danny you picked the astros as well i picked the yeah. astros and i'll say i'll say in seven so we all of us picked houston three of us picked houston which means the that's red sox good are news for the red sox <laughs> they're gonna win in four red sox are gonna win four now that's what oh, they exactly yeah. but uh no listen i i think on paper you have to favor houston uh i also think um you know, it's interesting because we talk a lot about Cora, but we haven't talked a bit about Dusty. Good you know, point. Dusty, Dusty's done an unbelievable job with that team. I mean, this team has gotten, been in a, a siege mentality since the scandal. Every place they go, they are the, they are the villains. They are the black hats. They are booed mercilessly. They are, they are taunted everywhere they go. People have banged garbage cans. I mean, all kinds of things happen to this team. Okay, and all this team does is figure out a way to win. They, they revolve, they, uh, they uh, resonate. Uh, one resonates off the next. The first resonates off the second, et cetera, et cetera. It's a circular lineup, okay? And in terms of belief, they all have great belief in each other. So this team, no matter no matter what the odds seem against them, they are united and having a leader like Dusty Baker, who just instills confidence and tells them, even when lost and the things, when they're losing and things aren't, doesn't look so good for them, he finds a way to keep them motivated and excited about playing baseball. And because that's who Dusty Baker is, he, he will keep you motivated in any set of circumstances. He's a great baseball guy, but he's a better person. And that better person has really won out and really led the way for the Astros. That's my personal opinion. And, and I know Dusty somewhat. I know from all my years, I mean, he was a player when I was doing the game of the week years ago on NBC. So, you know, that's how far back I go with him. And like I said, he's a very good guy but he knows the game so i mean cora is going to get the headlines because he's cora and cora is considered you know baseball genius and, and you can't take it away from him you can't but but uh, dusty baker is there the astros are there for a reason they are you can have all the talent in the world sometimes you don't get there he's one of the reasons they got there i want to go off houston on a, uh, a little all right houston in six i got astros in five as well and dan has them in seven so thank you uh red sox nation you can send us thank you cards all right I want to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Yeah, what's your talking... address? Did you give them your address so they could write you personally? Because I'll give them your email. Yeah, it's one, one Yemen Road, Yemen, 
You ever see that Friends episode when Chandler <laughs> is telling, uh, I forget who his girlfriend's. Stop. Middle Eastern terrorism now, please. Let's, let's stay over. No, 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 no. It's a Friends episode. I understand. Again, it's Friends, but let's not go down the road of whatever. What road are we going down there? Jace Tingler out in San Diego. That's a premier manager job. And I'm hearing, if you're a manager, you want this job, given that talent. The names I'm hearing bo- batted around, Bruce Bochy, Buck Showalter, John Gibbons, and Ron Washington. You're filling the job, Flip. Who do you give it to? They're all good candidates um, the, and, and by degrees. They're all very good candidates. But I will tell you, if, and Bochy's, Bochy's a Hall of Fame manager because he's managed long enough and he has enough championships on his resume. Um, I would suppose he's a, a Hall of Famer. Uh, if Buck Walter had managed a little longer, you know, Buck is a Hall of Famer, you know, mm-hmm. although Buck needs, Buck needs the championship. Uh, Ron Washington's done a lot of great work in the game of baseball, as has Gibbons. But honestly, to me, if I had to pick one, it's only because I know him. I mean, I know Buck so well, and he works for us. Yes, and I, I brought him back to TV because uh, I thought he really needed to, to do something, and he wasn't doing very much. And and uh, but but you know what? In short order, he's really picked up a lot of steam, and I'm really proud of him because you know when people have the kind of talent he has, it's a lesson in life. It's a cautionary tale in life. When you have the kind of talent that somebody has. And for whatever reason, you, you, you're on the sidelines. We are on the sidelines at one point in our life, whether it's just a happenstance, things happen in life, whatever. Uh, he kind of chose to sort of take a lower key life. And I, I think he was happy in it, but I don't know that he was thrilled in it. And I think that he wanted to miss the game because he's been in the game so long. He'd been so successful in the game. So we yes, gave him an entree back, but but you know what? It is, he would have been found his way back anyway. And so now he does the MLB network and he's going to someday manage a team if that's what he wants. He may manage a team in the next few in the next few weeks, he may get an offer from, from one of the teams that are out there. There's a couple of teams looking for managers, and then he's uh San Diego is one of them. There are others, and uh, I think he would be a great fit. And that's where I would go only because, like I said, I know him so well and I know he's really motivated to not only win but to bring a championship to somebody and somebody should give him that opportunity because he is that great a baseball mind. He's that he's really that good a person. If you get to know him at all, because I, every time I sit with him, I think I know the game and I realize I know nothing when you sit with Buck Showalter. That's how yes. smart Buck is. Yes. I, I've had the opportunity to do that a few times and I'm just wowed by the, the way he watches the game is different than everybody else. It's amazing. All are good choices. I think Ron Washington was a runner up last time when Tingler got the job. Um, I, I can't argue with show Walter. I would love Gibbons for only the reason that, that like, I love just looking at him. He looks so annoyed. Every, they could be a five runs and he just looks annoyed. Well, or, I, think, I think he's, I think he takes that attitude because I think he takes that attitude because he's, because that's his personality. He's always sort of upset about those things. I, he's an interesting guy too. I mean, yeah, they're all, they all have pedigree. They all, you know, deserve an opportunity to, you know, come around. Look, I think if anything happened this year, you saw the success of Tony La Russa, you saw the success of Dusty Baker. I mean, some of the old school guys, you know, with quotes around old school, have really done quite well, you know, back in the game. So, as I mean, I know Buck would excel if he comes back and Bochy's another one would excel. I mean, you know, there's... Uh, uh, who we're missing? We're missing the, the what's Jim Leland? How about Jim Leland? We could bring him in the conversation, I suppose, right? I don't, right? If, we, if you're bringing in Buck, we're bringing in, uh, you're bringing in Bochi, why aren't you bringing Jim Leland to a conversation? Jim Leland's a hell of a manager as well. 
I don't know if he's interested, but you know, we might as well introduce him to it as well. So there's a lot of interesting candidates out there, no doubt. And uh, there's some interesting openings. The whole idea is to get the right opening with the right candidate, right? That's what you want to do, pair the right couple here. Not easy. Jim, Jim Leland is 76. And how old is Tony LaRussa? No good point. Hold on. Tony LaRussa. Going to old Wikipedia. He is 77. Okay, so you want to go younger now, so we get Leland. <laughs> what are you thinking? Don't you tell me? Okay. All right. We have to talk Yankees. We have to talk a little sure. bit about the NLCS. Before we do, let's set the table. I am Kevin Sullivan from the digital media department here at the Yes Network, alongside, as always, Sports Broadcasting Hall of Famer, Mr. John J. Filippelli. What's up, Flip? What's up, Kev? I'm, I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. I uh, took a break today. I've been on this diet. I've lost, I've lost 17, 18 pounds. Uh, so nice. that's, uh, yeah, like I have like an aircraft carrier left to go. So I'm uh, working <laughs> on this thing. But uh, so I, like, I cheated on the diet today. I have to admit I did. I went to Lenny's Bagels, which is a place here where I live. And uh, they make the greatest ham and Swiss sandwich, like toasted on it. But you have toasted bagels. It's like my great weakness of life, like toasted bagels. So toasted bagels, you know, a little, little mayonnaise. It's the light touch of onion. You know, you want to offend the world. But it's just like <laughs> awesome stuff. It's just it's, it's a great sandwich, and I would like I've, I've like uh, I've been eating like a one meal a day. That's a good meal, strong meal, and maybe something light just to, to carry me over. Trying to eliminate carbs, and I said, "Why well, violate book that's like the, the Ten Commandments of eating?" I broke about eleven of them right now. Today. <laughs> but uh, but it's it's uh, my diet's well, and I feel good. And uh, thank you for asking about Lenny's bagels. I appreciated that, and uh, not that I have an interest in it, other the fact that I go there and I, I like the people there. Uh, Where? Are you calling in from Lenny's Bagels? It sounds no, like you have no, a lot of a lot going originally, on. Originally, a lot like going on. I was having a no. This is just there's a, actually a wedding going on behind me. Uh, I guess <laughs> they must have gotten a really good rate to get married, like in like a Friday afternoon. I guess you can beat the traffic if you you know if you do it right. You get out of here, you beat the traffic, and start your honeymoon, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's uh, actually there is. A, it's, a, it's kind of a like a, a wedding reception more than there's a wedding, but. Uh, uh, but anyway, it's, it's it's interesting what's going on in this place. But it's uh, I have to live here right now because I lost my home. As some of you know, we talked about the, the flood, the hurricane, Hurricane Ida, which was so devastating to New York, Connecticut. Tried well to many areas. I shouldn't say just that area. But we got hit particularly hard by it in my area. Where I live, we got really hit hard. We got slammed. I had like seven feet of water in my house. Seven feet of water. I actually was swimming. And there's no joke. I was swimming in my living room or attempting to swim, which I've never envisioned that was ever going to happen in my life. But anyway, so <laughs> anyway, that's one of the reasons I have to sort of be a vagabond. And so, you know, I'm at the let's go from one place to one place. I feel like Richard Kimball in The Fugitive. Remember Richard Kimball in The Fugitive? Oh, yeah. Like going from place to place and whatever. And, you know, um, we're not talking about your we, job resume now, Kevin. We're not talking about we're not talking about that at all. We're talking about me living in. What are you talking oh, about? We're just jumping from place to place. We're not we're, we're not picking those. I've ways. worked two places in twenty five years. I know, and that's too bad because one of those places you should have worked a few more. But the, the, what? <laughs> I don't know how to take that. No, you should. You stay, you stay too long in a place. Not not the place you're in now. This yes is a really nice company. John Lippman does a nice job. This company. It's not this company. No, it's not that. It's the it's the it's the other place you worked at. That oh, the other place. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. The, the other place taught Kevin. me a lot. It I, taught I me a lot. The, the little, the limited amount of time I spent there, it taught me a lot as well. So, uh, what to do, and what not to do. You learn a lot by 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 the people that are around you. 
That's the truth. Let's talk a little bit about the National League Championship Series. Of course, now we know it's Dodgers versus Braves. Yes. Um, thrilling game as we record this last night. Dodgers beat the Giants. For me, Flip, I just don't like the way the postseason is laid out. I do not like that the Giants and the Dodgers played each other in a five-game series in the DS as opposed to a seven-game series in the CS. I would change around how that's done. Your thoughts on that? Let me tell you how I would do it. Still have the wild card. One game. I love the one game. Puts a premium on winning your division. And then I would reseed after the wild card. And that way you would have had the Giants versus the Braves and the Dodgers versus the Brewers. And then in the CS, you could have had the two best teams. Wow. What do I think of your proposal? I'm pondering. And when I get ponderous, which is apparently too often, I I, I get ponderous. I start to ponder. I don't know where we're going to go. I see the merits, the merits of your case or the case you want to make. I get it. I understand that. But there's something about the drama, the way it was built. At any given time, you, you those teams are what were on a collision course. And the fact is that they were going to meet someplace. The fact that they had to meet where they met, you know, well, in all probability they were going to be on a collision course. The fact that they played where they played, I, I wouldn't take it away. I get it. Maybe they should have been in, in the in the CS, but the reality is it made the DS a lot more interesting than maybe it would have been under normal circumstances with the matchup. So I, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and ruminate too much. If you're going to ponder, I'm not going to ruminate. Okay, I'm not going to ruminate too much on, on this, but I would say, I mean, I understand the merits of what, you, what you're presenting, but I, I feel that the way it unfolded was just fine with me. And I think it's, it's, it's too fine a point to, and there are two other, too many other points that baseball needs to make before it gets to a point like that. That would be my, what I would say to you. Well, that's fair. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that at all. Let's uh, quickly move on the, to the- no, look at the, no, look at the Dodgers, just look at it for a minute. Look, you want to talk about even, look how even they were? I mean, the regular season, Giants win 10, the- the Dodgers win nine by you know virtual and you know that's like a you know tiebreaker if you will the one of a tie but but they were that close so one week team wins ten the other one's nine okay then you get to a division series one team wins three the other team wins two and you do the math and it winds up being twelve apiece so they played each other twenty four times each team winning twelve run differential was almost the run was almost non-existent pitching stats hitting stats were all relatively on the same plane you talk about teams so evenly matched coming and coming from the same division and winning over a hundred games each I mean, it's remarkable, remarkable that uh, I'm glad one of those teams is left standing. It would be a shame if the Dodgers lose to, in an LCS and then the two teams that have the best seasons will be, you know, somehow negated um, if, to your point of negation. All right. We have, so we have negation. Negation. Yeah. Ooh. Isn't there, there's a word negation. Where's John Lindner, who's our CEO? Negation. He would know all this stuff. Negation. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a word. Of course it is. I mean, do I think I made words up? The, yes, yeah, they, I mean, almost every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Okay, you called me out. There, you got me. All right. So, all right. So, where are we here? Okay. So, okay. They're going to move on to play Atlanta. Okay. Got that. Yeah. All right. Dodgers in five, right? Everyone agrees? Uh, no. I'm going, I'm going Dodgers in seven. Oh, wow. Producer Dan Bassone, quickly. Quickly, I'm going, yeah, Dodgers. I'll say Dodgers in uh, five. Yeah, see, Dan knows. All right, Flip, we yeah. got to talk Yankees. <laughs> okay, you're not giving the Braves a chance, huh? I'm not Braves giving the Braves a chance. Great second half team. Once they found their mojo, they were terrific. 
it's some great acquisitions at the deadline really helped them. Uh, they've got pitching, they got hitting, they've got a spree decor. They got coming out of spree training. I mean, I, I mean, I saw them as a World Series team. So they just had a bad first half. They didn't play well at all. I don't know what was going on. And for Freddie Freeman, as one of the great players in the game that people never talk about, I, I like to see the Braves to win the thing. I would. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if they will, but I, I think they could come close. And if they, if they, by the way, if they win it, I wouldn't shock me. Write that down somewhere. If, if they win it, I, I wouldn't be shocked by it. I would be shocked as That's promised. Right. I mean, you like the Orioles. The... You the Orioles. So what do, what do you, what do I know? <laughs> let's talk some Yankee baseball, please. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yankees in 2021. What went right for the Yankees? There's plenty of positives. That's where I want to start. Give me a few positives. What went right for the Yankees this past year? What went right for the Yankees this year? Aaron Judge, for sure. Uh, he's going to be in the top. Well, he's the top three. He's going to be third in the MVP balloting. It'll be, I mean, he's got to be a Tony. And right, and this will be Guerrero, and then it'll be Judge. I mean, that's that's the way I see it. And uh, Judge had a really big year. Uh, you know, I wouldn't, yeah, you get a monster year. Eh. Monster has a lot of implications. That's a, that's a super, superhero kind of year. I don't know if he had that. But he had a really, really good year, really good, solid year. But actually, I would say he had a great year. So I would say that went right. I'd say John Carl Stanton went right. After two years of trying to find his way through various amounts of injuries, I think they just kept him off the field. He could not get himself right, could not get himself on the field, and couldn't get himself to you know, in, in, in the game. I know he tried really hard. He's a good guy. I know he tried really hard. I just think he, the results just obviously weren't there. And uh, But this year... Everything clicked. He found him, and he's you know he's the player that everybody imagined he would be when the Yankees made that trade a couple of years ago to get him you know from the, from the Jeter's Miami team. But he had a really good. So I'd say the two of that that went right. I'd say Garrett Cole went right. I mean the end of playoff game was disappointing in the wild card, but I, I I think he had a hamstring issue in that game from what I've heard. Nobody's ever going to say yes or no, but but I, I think from what I've heard that was the problem, and that that's unfortunate. But but he had him put that inside. He had a really good year, and uh, he could he could conceivably win the Cy Young. So, um, you know, he's got some couple, couple of, you know, there's some arms out there to, for competition, but I, I think he, you got to make a case for Cole. So I'd say that that went really well. Uh, I'd say uh, getting Anthony Rizzo was a nice thing for the Yankees as well. Uh, nice little pickup for them. And uh, what else went well? Um, uh, you know, contributions from Gardner. I think Gardner had a quietly had a nice year after sort of a very slow start and a start where everybody said, well, this is kind of his last year, so whatever. But no, now he's made a case that he could play another year if he wants. So I think I think that went well for the Yankees. So I think there were, there were things that were certainly positives for the team. Gil, I thought Gil looked really good for them when he came up, pitched well. Um, there was he came out of nowhere. Yeah, he really did. And uh, I mean, although the Yankees thought a lot of him in their system, but he was—he's—he's he's up two years ahead of time. He's and he's on a major league. He's going to be on the team next year, I would think. So, so good job there. So yeah, okay. So those things went well. Um, you know, there were other things that didn't go well. I mean, uh, I thought that we. How did you know I was going to ask that? Well, because you have to do a balanced show. If you're saying what went right, you have to consider it. Okay. Right. Right. Let her rip. Well, I'm not ripping anybody. I mean, I, I said to you a long time ago and I, that I, I thought that Labor Torres should not play shortstop. I know he came up as a shortstop, but it really wasn't his best position. Second base turned out to be his best position. It was before he became a – they put him back at short, which he originally started his career at. They went back to second. I think he's a better second baseman. And I think he was thinking too much in the field at short. And to me, what gives that credence is the fact he didn't hit. And, the only, and when he really started to hit, which he did the last few weeks of the season, he was back at second base. 
which meant to me the burden of playing short, the mental part of it, which is could be excruciating, uh, I think was didn't sit well with him. And I think he's much more comfortable at second base. So that that went that was one of the interesting things that because that that was wrong that went to right. So we, we had to do a wrong that went to right. I think this again my opinion, just my personal opinion. You know things that you know other parts the Yankee bullpen was a disappointment in the aggregate. You know although I must tell you Jonathan uh, Jonathan Loisica is because he's going to be a is a hidden gem. He's, I don't think he's a hidden gem anymore. I think we know what exactly. Oh yeah, he yeah, I mean, he's legit. Uh, He's, he's, he's totally legit. And there are other aspects of that bullpen that are legit. And otherwise, they're, they're a work in progress. You know, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, I think Chapman's inconsistency really hurt the team, really hurt them. I mean, the Yankees needed one more win. You know, that's all they did, and that would have that would have broken the wild card scenario. And think about it, all the games that the Yankees lost that they had in their grasp, but by nice leads late in the game, they couldn't hold it for whatever reason. It happens to all teams. Every team has that happen. But, you know, you know but this seemed disproportionate to too much. And uh, I think that you can look at the Chapman for that. And uh, look, not to say he's not without talent. Of course, he's got great talent. And when he's right, he's terrific. But, you know, he's, he's been inconsistent. And that's what my point is, is he's inconsistent. And the Yankees have to get to hope for Chapman and for the Yankees that he finds that consistency next year because they need him to do that. It's like but, you're looking at my notes. And the starting pitching needs, Yankees starting pitching needs help. They need more depth I, of starting pitching. They need that. For I sure. have, I, I agree. I have the same thing. I have defense as an issue. Um, the big name pitchers like Cole and Chapman were inconsistent going back to defense, defense up the middle, which you always preach is yeah. the most important yeah. thing, obviously in base running, um, yes. which it sounds like uh, that cost Phil Nevin, unfortunately, let's look ahead to the off season a little bit. A uh, lot of questions this off season. Let's start with the one everyone's talking about on social media. Will Aaron Boone be back as Yankees manager? Yes. I agree. Totally. Yeah. If they wanted to, if they were going to make a move, they would have done it by now. I, I don't see and that. I don't, I don't see him going. It's not his fault that Garrett Cole threw two innings at Fenway and gave up three runs. He's going to throw his ace, right? Well, it's not his fault DJ LeMahieu batted 268. Yeah, one would, uh, <laughs> one would, uh, one would think that. Uh, I'm sorry, I, where I am right now, I'm going to. As I mentioned earlier, I'm in a club recording this thing. So, so podcasting during a pandemic. That's what this is. Yeah, hopefully toward the tail end of it, hopefully toward the end of a pandemic. That's what we got to vote for. Uh, but please, yeah, all of us, right? That's been, that's been another story. Um, but uh, any which way. Um, to your question. You said uh, yes. We agree. Boone's, yeah, we both back. agree Boone's going to be back. Yes. Uh, you know, that physical stuff that happened on the field, that's not his fault. Where I do give him a little bit of a hard time is the mental errors, like the base running. We saw a lot of base running errors. Yeah. That's where I think the manager could step in and figure out a way to fix that. How do you um, fix it? How do you tell players who instinctually, when you go on a first to third, you either feel it or you don't. But you either really, really try for it or you don't. You either run hard out of the box or you don't. You, you either, you know, you, you go for a different gear when you're, you're going between first and second, waiting to see if the ball falls in, it's not only to get to second, but maybe even to get to th possibly get to third. You, you, you're waiting to see if the ball's in a gap. Where is it, it going to go? And I, the great base runners instinctually look up and say, oh, that's a gapper. I'm going. Yeah, and, and I get all that. So, yeah. But I saw times when there was a runner on second base, ground ball in front of them to short, and they're running to third. Like, well. That's called you sit down uh, and have a conversation. Well, yes. And, and I'm sure those conversations were held, but you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make the horse drink. I mean, some guys get it. Some guys don't, 
you know, some guys, it's, it, you say, you, you t explain something once or twice and then they get it. Other guys, not so much. So, you know, that, that, you know, that, that's on and that's collectively. But, you know, ultimately this comes down to this. We, we could do this all day and we would be right to do so. But ultimately it comes down to this. Look at the teams that are standing, who are left. And you say, top to bottom, top to bottom, there's no weaknesses there's, or there's very few. I'm not saying the Yankees have a truckload of weaknesses. I'm not suggesting that at all. Please do not call me and write me and, and threaten me to everything else that goes on sometimes uh, for an opinion. Okay. But I will tell you that there are th the Yankees need to, you know, sometimes they, they make a decision, they, they double down on decisions. Sometimes you just got to say, no, I, I, I got I to gotta go a different way. The Yankees really need to start thinking about, and I know they have, but if you're doing something and I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying the ultimate goal of the organization is to win a championship. And then to get to the playoffs. We get to the playoffs. That, that we're fine. It's when you get there. What do we do and how do we play? That's what they have to look at. Because we've gotten to the LCS a couple of times. And unfortunately, the closest we got was the seventh, was the, the, uh, the Astro Series in 17. And then it was been duly noted and, and uh, discussed about that the Astros, uh, you know, didn't play that the game fairly. And that's the opinion of many people. So that's too bad because that was a great championship possibility for the Yankees. Great champion. And maybe one that they actually should have won, really should have won. The others to get there and to do it, it's a mountain to climb and it's a tough mountain to climb. And, you know, it's full of expectations and it's full of you know, broken potential. You know, it just is, you know, with Sanchez, you know, what are the Yankees going to do with Sanchez? You're going to tender him? You're going to tender him at nine, $10 million? Yankees can do that? I don't know. They, they might, but I don't know that they will. You know, because sometimes you get to a point where, you know, we can't keep saying next year is going to be year, next year is going to be year. Sometimes people need to change the scenery. You know, I, I don't know what they're going to do, but they have to, have to do something there. Gardner in center field. Gardner's been a really good player for the Yankees, a great player, actually. And yeah. first half, he really struggled. Second half, he really came through a lot, played really hard, played really well. And he's a good guy to have in a clubhouse. Gardner's worth coming back for another year. What do you do with Hicks? Hicks is going to come back. He's going to stay healthy, stay on the field. So you got center field, you got a question mark. You got a question mark at, you know, uh, who's going to play shortstop next year? Yankees going to go on a big shortstop? What are they going to do? These are all good questions. I actually want to go a little bit more in depth, if that's okay with you. I want to go sure, around course, the diamond a little bit. Of course. And ask you some questions. Yes. Let's start with the outfield. As it stands now, the Yankees starting outfield looks like it's going to be Gallo, Hicks, and Judge. You okay with that outfield? Am I okay with that outfield? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. I think uh, if that's your outfield, that I think, well, first of all, you've got a strong defense, which is what you need. I mean, baseball, I'm sorry, it's offense and it's defense, and people forget about defense. So defensively, that's a really strong outfield. Offensively, you know what Judge could do. I mean, he's an MVP finalist. I mean, he just is. So, you know, you know what he could do. Gardner, we, you know, he's going good year and year here. He had a good second, not so, not so strong a first half, but a really good second half. Um, comes back. I mean, being presumptuous, he comes back. I don't know what will happen there. Uh, Hicks has got to come back from his injuries and stay on the field. If he stays on the field, what well, we always talk about, stay on the field, stay on the field, stay on the field. If he stays on the field, he could be a really mighty contributor. He's a terrific defensive player. He's also a really good offensive player, but he's got to stay on the field. So there's always that big caveat of health with him. If again, 
if he could stay on the field, we're talking hypothetically here, the, the Gallo, you know, Gallo needs to do better offensively. He didn't hit very well. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't, you'll be below Mendoza here and, and expect that that's going to work. It, it, it doesn't, he's got to get on base more. Um, you know, I mean, I know he walks, so that helps his OPS and things like that. I get it. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's got power. He's got to be a little bit more consistent with, you know, spraying that ball around and getting some more hits. He just has to do more of that. Um, you could do that. And, and again, in clutch situations, he, he's uh, he's uh, remains to be seen what he can do with the Yankees. But listen, it's a big adaptation to adapt from Texas to come to New York. It's a big city. Texas, not the Texas, Dallas isn't Dallas, uh, Fort Worth isn't. It is. But but it's a different environment. It's a different expectations. He's got to manage those expectations. I think he's capable of a lot of he's a really good guy, by the way, from what I understand. I don't know him. I do not. But people I know who know him tell me he's a great guy. That's what I've heard. And his teammates seem to like him. So he's got a lot going for him. Just needs to relax. I think he's pressed a little too much. So with a little time under his belt, maybe he can make that. Because the Yankees have him for the season. You know, so uh, so we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, it's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. We just said no. Like I said, I'm okay with it. Just has question marks. Yellow to me is a little bit of a question mark right now. And Hicks, because he can't stay on the field as much as we like him to, is a question mark. That's why I, I question the outfield. That's why. Okay, so you say the caveat, which I agree with, stay on the field, yes. particularly with Hicks. Yes. You almost need that fourth outfielder who, who could also be an everyday outfielder. Um, there are those question marks with Gardner at 38 years old. Uh, obviously, he showed he could this past year. Let me ask you this. How realistic is signing somebody like a Starling Martet? It's going to be difficult. I mean, at least in my mind, again, I can't speak. I'm really not a spokesman for the Yankee organization. I, I, my position is with the Yes Network. Um, but I know a lot of people in that, and obviously it's a team, and I have a lot of conversations with them, and I have a lot of opinions. How realistic it is, I don't know how realistic it is, only because Marte is going to command a big number. He had a really, he really plays well. He's a really good player. He's a really good two-way player. I don't suspect. I mean, I don't know where the Yankees will say find the money. I mean, there's there's also a threshold tax that they're concerned about and that they should be. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the new collective bargaining agreement is going to look like. But that's kind of the, like the the alpha in the room, if you will. What's the CBA going to turn out to be? Less years, more years of control for players, things like that. It will be more years of control, but they're going to strive for less. It could be a, a, a real bone of contention with management. So I don't really know where this goes. Salary cap always a concern, right? I don't know again where all that's going to go. It could be uh, the union is sort of dug in on what it wants. The ownership is going to dug in on what it wants, and yet they're trying to make a deal for the sake of the game, which they really need to do. So I, again, I don't know where it all goes when the labor accord goes. But but having said that, um, I think that someone like Marte is going to command a lot, and I don't know which, if the Yankees are. You know, how do you, how do you make all this work? You know, you you're, you're paying. You know, you're paying Cole. You're going to have to pay Judge, right? You're paying Stanton. These are, these are big numbers, these contracts, right? And a lot of other guys may not be getting that kind of money, but they're getting pretty good money. Oh, you're paying LeMayu, too, obviously, as of last year. So it's paying him something significant. You're paying Severino, right? You're going you're gonna to have to pay people as this goes along. And, you know, will they tender Sanchez? It's another story, you know, another, another contract that's, you know, penny with arbitration, whatever. But there going to be new rules of arbitration if there is, even is arbitration, right? So who yeah. knows? Like I said, yeah. I don't really know, but a guy like Marte is going to command a lot. I just don't know because again, you can't sign everybody. You know that becomes the problem. Therein lies yeah. the problem. I get that. And speaking of can't sign everybody, I want to move to the infield because there's yeah. a, this is where it really gets interesting. I think, yeah. in my opinion, and there's a ton to digest, a ton to dissect. If we want to, we could dive in as deep as you want because I suspect we're going to be talking about this for weeks. 
But let me give you what the infield looks like right now. First base is Luke Voigt. Second base, Glaber Torres. Shortstop, Gio Urshela. Third base, DJ LeMahieu. Go flip. Need help. A lot of people out of position. Yes, <laughs> that's kind of it. That's a lot of it. You got a lot of people playing yeah. out of position. Um, you, but okay, look, can LeMahieu play third? Yes. Can can uh, can the move to from third from a shoulders move to third to short? Could they could he play short? Yeah, he could play short. I don't I you know he's really shorthanded at everything at him, and he's but his limited backhand is a little limited. You know we saw him at third base on balls it down the line. It's a little limited there, but he, I mean he's a really good defender in the in the in the aggregate in the overview. He's a really good defender. Torres is much better at second. He is at short, and Void is a Void is not a. Boyd is, is an average defender, you know, at, not really his strength is defense. He's obviously he's there for his offense, not so much for his defense. So you look at it, is it a bad infield? No. Is it an infield that you're going to win you, you know, uh, a bunch of gold gloves? No, it's not going to do that either. So you, I think that there's work to be done there. I think you could significantly look if you, even if, even if say, say Boyd stays on the team, but he's there, you know, as a, you know, to sort of um, get some playing time, but really the job falls to Anthony Rizzo. If in fact that were to work, if the Yankees were to do that, and I don't know if they will or won't, but he showed them other than the, the couple of weeks we had COVID and he was ill, really ill, and he was feeling it. Um, he gave the Yankees every reason to be happy with his performance. He played really, really well when he was healthy. He hit when he needed a hit. He was that lefty bat they really needed in the lineup. Because Gallo really wasn't the true answer there, but but Rizzo was. Rizzo played really well offensively and defensively. He saved them. And how many runs a week with his glove? Yeah. So you look at him. He's 31 years old. And he's worth a couple of years and some and some money. Uh, if the Yankees decide this where they want to go, I mean, I personally, uh, I would sort of lean there if I was the Yankees. If that was my call, I would lean there. I like Anthony Rizzo just as much as the next guy. Right. But I think signing Anthony Rizzo mm -hmm. only the only thing it does is upgrade the first baseman spot. You still have those guys out of position. If you want to say Gio is out of position or, or well, DJ LeMay was out of position. That's not, I get the point, but I would say this. Yes, but, but not really because you could say it upgrades first base, but it also upgrades the infield because he makes plays. He saves how many throw and balls that are in the dirt, balls that are wild, balls that are all over the place that he was getting, throws over there. He, he makes those plays. He wears somebody else may Great. not make them. And Agreed. I've seen games back to back where Rizzo's played a game and make two or three plays that you know, quite candidly Voight does not make. So yeah, you know, I agree. So, yeah. So there's a difference, and he saves you runs, and he and he drives in runs. Let me do this. I have one name that solves all the problems. Lou Gehrig, <laughs> Corey Seager. Yeah. Put him at short. Yeah. Gio goes back to his position at third. Yeah. DJ at first. Everyone's in position. Yeah. You have a left-handed hitting shortstop. Yeah. Okay. That's not a bad Ooh. idea. Every now – I was due for a good idea. So, every now and then – When did we start this podcast? How long have I been? Oh, geez, years. Oh, so years. It's been a, a piece of – say two years. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. This is – that's not true what you said. This is actually your first good idea. <laughs> <laughs> still, still Come on! Still. All right, third. Uh, 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 all okay. Right. All right. So, any which way? Yeah. I mean, look. I mean, that's that would certainly work. I mean, you know, listen. You could sign Carlos Correa too. 
<laughs> you yeah. know I mean? Or you could look at the Yankee situation. More likely is in the shortstop position is that they do something to fill this out until their kids are ready. They got a couple of kids. Volpe is the leading is the, the most prominent one in the minors, but they've got a, another one behind him. They've got good young shortstop potential. Now, are they there yet? No, they're not. They're probably a year or two away. So that's why the Yankees need a bridge shortstop to get to their young talent. Because again, you can't pay everybody. If you added Correa to this, but you have to sign Judge and you've got, I mean, you start going through this thing about if you're going to sign Anthony Rizzo and you've got Judge, you're already paying, you're paying Hicks and you haven't paying Severino and you're paying Cole and you're paying Stanton. And you're paying, I mean, this thing goes on for like a LeMayu. It goes on forever. And at some point, the Yankees have got to realize that they can't pay everybody. So, so what are you going to do here? If you had Correa to this mix, I mean that, that's fine. That's a great fantasy team, but your your payroll is then astronomical. So I don't know that the Yankees want to absorb that. It's a lot. It's a lot to ask for them from them. But they, they put it's not like they don't put any money in this team. They put significant money in this team. The Steinbrenners put good money in this team. They're not afraid to spend money when they need to. I mean, I, I absolutely always say that about the Steinbrenners. They are not. They do not look to take shortcuts here. They do not. But there no. comes a point where you, you know, unless your team is ready. You know, and that's why you have kids. That's why you have these younger players. That's why you draft them. The idea that you could control them for years and that you're getting their prime years from them. You know, a lot of times you sign free agents and their 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 best years are behind them. That's what you have to be careful of. So you can't pay everybody, like you said. Is right. Gary Sanchez your catcher next year? You can't pay everybody. Probably not. Probably not. Wow. Wow. I mean, how wow. you gonna? I mean, he's going. He's eligible for arbitration. He probably gets. I mean, offensively, he's one of the, he's been the best catchers in the game. Offensively, he is you know, who you're going to name me five better offensively, despite the, the low batting average. He he, he hits. You know, there are times he's streaky, real streaky, and he gets he gets an incredible role and it can help a team a lot offensively. But he's inconsistent and defensively, he's got a strong arm and he frames well. But the rest of his game is defensively is a little lacking, and that's tough when you got to get strong up the middle. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, it's been a number of years now. The, the Yankees, won. I mean, they may say, okay, they'll go to arbitration for another year, try another year. I don't know. But again, the money has to come from someplace. That's a that's hot a take. Decision. Yeah. Do you, you think that's a tough take? No, it's a hot take by you. I, I like that. Okay. That's fine. Um, all right, let's move to uh, pitching. There's a, there's a lot to talk about here. Right now, your starting rotation is Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery, and Jamison Tyone. Like those are your three that you know. Um, yeah. or actually, let's put Sevy in there. Yeah. He's sure. healthy. So there's four. After that, you're picking from a group, which is like Nestor Cortez, Luis Heel, Davy Garcia, Domingo Herman, maybe Clark Schmidt. Um, it feels heel. like we need a heel. You think it's heel? I do. Okay. And not Cortez. You're gonna need more than you're gonna need more than you. You always go with it with the idea you need at least seven. You do because people get hurt. Yeah, you know, or, or find some inconsistency, or something happens, or they, you know, they get demoted to a bullpen for a little bit of time while they, they find whatever it is that got them out of sync. You probably need at least seven starters. Most teams do, believe it or not. They talk about having you know four or five. You know, five starters is a must. Yeah, it is, but it's actually it's more than like seven. You'll find that. Look at me. I started for the Yankees this year. You know, and yeah. I'm not talking about bullpen by committee. I'm talking about actual starters. They probably had at least seven. They might have had eight. Maybe yeah. more. Yeah. Am I too so, much of a Twitter Yankee fan, Yankee fan on Twitter by saying I need another household name in this rotation? Well, you're always better. You always look at it like that. I mean, the, the guys who have the hardware are always in demand. 
you know, look at Shearza, you know, like if you didn't think he was going to get like a good gig from somebody, he was, uh, he was going to go to a team that, that was right on the cusp or a team that wanted to really reinforce who they were. And they went to the Dodgers. I mean, they were going to, they were willing to put up the money to get him. And, you know, even if it's for the short term, look, he's a free agent. He's, he's not signed, right? He's, he's just, no, he's yeah, there, you're right. right. He's there when the Dodgers season ends, whenever that may be, he's uh, he'll be a free agent. So um, who knows where, where that will wind in, but, Listen, it's always, that's great to have some a veteran like that on your team. That's awesome, but and, and, but it's again, it's again, you're going to have to pay him. Yeah, you can't yeah. pay him. You can't pay Carlos Correa, and you can't pay Judge, and you can't pay Stanton, and you can't pay Cole, and you can't pay LeMayu. I mean, you just it's just you know unless you want to you know break the bank of Monte Carlo, it's really hard to do. <laughs> I want I want Robbie Ray. He's a free agent. Okay. Um, that's fine. So Good far, point. you can win the so far between him and Cole for the Cy Young. Yes, you know? yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've spent money so far on uh, Starling Marte, Corey Seager, and Robbie Ray. Good thing it's not my money, right? I'll, I'll call. I'll call Hal. Something Hal. Marcus Stroman's a free agent. He'd be a nice fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not breaking no. the bank with him. No, no. He's a little bit temperamental. Yeah, a little temperamental. Yeah. Um, he's, a he's a good pitcher. Yeah, he is. He is a very good pitcher. He is good. He knows the uh, AL East, obviously. Oh, yeah. He's been with half the teams in it. <laughs> he's been around. Um, he's been around a little bit. But he's a good pitcher. He is. He's a good pitcher, Strong. Yeah, yeah. Good pitcher. So we'll talk a lot about this in the weeks. It's a, it's a fluid situation. Yes. We'll talk a lot about this in the next couple of weeks. Um, I really want to just quick this week in history is uh, October 13th, 2001, the Derek Jeter flip play. Was that named after you, Flip? No, she was, but no, not. <laughs> I don't know. That just popped in my head. Um, was he, I, I regret saying it. That's how corny it was. Was he safe? Was Giambi safe? I mean, it comes down to almost the fact that there wasn't a huge argument, if I remember correctly. Right. I don't think there was. It wasn't like the Jackie Robinson... Yogi Berra, you know, save at the plate thing, you know, if I remember correctly. Uh, it was incredible. I mean, just the fact that he was where he was, the presence of mind, that it, because Jeter said afterwards that they, they practiced that. Now, I can't believe they practiced it exactly the way that happened, but I have a hard time believing that because the reality is, if you look, if I remember the play, Spencer missed the cutoff guy. He missed Tino, was supposed to hit the Tino. Tino yeah, was supposed yeah. to then throw, that's what the cutoff guy exists for. And then Spencer just missed him. The fact that he missed him and that Jeter was where he was and did what he did, it's just quite remarkable. And the fact that Jeter said, oh, we practice that. But I don't know if that's tongue-in-cheek. I I mean, I've actually never asked anybody. But Jeter told me once, he said, we practice that. I think he must have been teasing me because he did that a lot. Um, It's funny. Jeter's got good sense of humor. Uh, Anyway, I don't don't think they they practice it at all. It's one of the great plays in baseball history. And the fact that the the problem with this, not the problem, but the interesting thing about baseball game is, there's a lot of great plays that happen in the regular season. Some people remember them, some people don't. But, uh, you know, I guess if you're, if it's your team, you remember it. If it's not your team, you may not. You remember maybe one out of every 50. But the, when it happens in the postseason, it has a, this incredible indelible stamp attached to it. It's when the games matter the most, when there's the most pressure, and when the stars shine the brightest and, and, and under the most interesting of circumstances. That's what the postseason is about. That's why that play was significant. And so the Yankees won a game one nothing. Know, who knows if they don't win? You know, that, that's at least one one, and maybe more. Right? You never know. So it, it was a, it was an incredible play at an incredible time. But that's who that team was, and that's who Derek Jeter was. So you know, give him a lot of credit. It's most one of the most amazing plays in baseball history. 
two things on that. If he just slid, he was safe. Just the optic yes. of him sliding, he's yes. safe. Yes. Secondly, you've been to more camps than I have. I've been to more than a dozen spring trainings, probably a dozen different camps. There's no way they practice that. Obviously. No obviously, way. Obviously. I mean, I, I'm just telling you what Jeter told me. Well, he's lying. Well, he's teasing. He's being Derek, you know, he's playful. Mr. Tory, as he would have said, did not set Mr. Tory did not set that up. No, I, I, I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. All right, Flip. On that note, what do you say? I'm well, thank you. Oh, I'm, I remember Are you telling people at the wedding. Yeah, how you doing? You're still at the wedding hall? What's going on? The cocktail hour? What are you guys doing? <laughs> how is what this happening? Oh, the dessert hour. What you got? Would you get any interesting? I got to stay away from desserts. I'm on this diet. Uh, okay, well, I'm doing this podcast. He's talking right? to somebody okay, at a I legit wedding, wedding hall. Wedding. I'm going to actually go in for a minute. Get a cup of coffee, say hello, wish them well. You can't wear that. What's that? You can't wear what you're wearing. Why not? You're not I mean, dressed for a wedding. Well, neither are they. <laughs> the person I just saw didn't seem they all that well dressed. Oh. It would be nice. Dress like me. I got a nice collar shirt on. I have a collar shirt. Here's a collar. But that's a polo shirt. You're, you can't wear that. What do you have on? I have a nice button down. It's a pink. podcast. Who are, you, who are you kidding me? What? Today's wear pink, national wear pink day. So I'm wearing pink. Did you see that? Where did you see that? Um, our our CFO, Ted uh, Ted Marino, told me. Ted Moneybags told you that? Yeah. Yeah. Our senior uh, vice president, I should say. He's the senior vice president of accounting. Fine. Yes. He yeah. Is. Mm-hmm. yeah. Does so a great job. That. He hey, knows. He's, he's big on trivia. He's very actually. He's very. He's very detail oriented. He's got a lot of interesting ideas. I love some of which are even applicable to television. A couple of them. <laughs> uh, he and I but always I, have good, good guy. He's all right. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. He's a big wrestling fan. He is a huge wrestling fan. We talk about wrestling a lot. Big wrestling fan. Yeah. All right. All right. Flip land, land this thing. Huh? Go, yeah, go. Time go, to win the go to your wedding. Yeah. Let me just stop. It's, it's kind of over already. You know. You know, so uh, there's not much to do. Basically, <laughs> you know, grab a pastry, say goodbye, whatever. Have a you got to bring a toaster. Oh, don't tell everybody. Don't tell people that story. Don't go there. That's too famous. <laughs> don't go there. Uh, all right. So anyway, all right. The words of Ashley Fugazi. It's time to land a plane. We're gonna land a plane. Remember, rate, review, subscribe. It's the best thing you can do for us. And uh, we will see you next time. Hopefully, that's sooner rather than later. And uh, take it easy. Thanks again. Bye bye.